0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. I should say, welcome back to myself after a two week hiatus. Spent some time in the land of Israel, and we are back to wrap up 2012. Thank you for joining us. Spin Class with Michael Fragan, the Nahum Siegel Network, NahumSiegal.com, JM in the AM.org. And I am here in the studio, live from the Lower East Side of Manhattan, with Stu Lozer. The founder of Stu Lozer and Company, the eponymous Stu Lozer and Company. LLC, yes. Ah, okay. Very good. And Stu, most famously, has spent quite a bit of time, certainly for a press secretary, quite a bit of time at the side of the mayor of New York City, Michael Bloomberg, amongst other achievements, having helped Michael Bloomberg get reelected in 2005, stayed on till this year. As part of the mayoral administration. Before that was with the senior senator from the state of New York, Charles Schumer. Stu, welcome to Spin Class. It's great to have you here, and you didn't have to go far. Thank
1: you, Michael. Thank you for having me on. And and location couldn't be better.
0: Excellent. Well, that's good. So let's dive right into it, Stu. We're looking here at the end of 2012, and it's been quite a political year. Every four years, it's quite the political year. I want to assess the political year, I want to dive in, take out some of the winners and losers or some of the winning issues, some of the losing issues. As we know, there was a lot decided back on that fateful day in November. Seems like a, a very, very long time ago, given that there was that hurricane thing in between. But first, first and foremost, what's on everybody's mind is the fiscal cliff. And you being a communications guy, a wordsmith, as it were, fiscal cliff? Is it is it real? Is it appropriate? Is it the right term? And how did we get here?
1: Um, well, we got here because we we as a nation, we Congress had to uh, came to the point in which it had to avoid major decisions and decided that they would kick the can down the road until after this November election. Cliche. Election. Cliche. It, cliche. it, it, okay. it is. Uh, it is a cliche, um, much as uh, just like over the cliff, um, just like you know. There's a couple others that that that, that are. In kind of widespread use now, um, and so so, so while, while the actual substantive side of politics isn't working so well in this country, the, the sort of spin side of politics, the, the euphemisms are uh, you know they're coming fast and furious. And you know my my people we're doing pretty well. You know the, the rest of government that's not doing not, not doing you know all, all
0: that hot so right now. So the art of governing has declined. The art of politics, as it were, or the, well, spin. the art of defining
1: gov- the art, uh, art of defining governing or in this case not governing is doing very
0: well. Thank you very much. Um, so we'll plug Stu Lozer and Company later on in the, in the program. <laughs> so,
1: so, so the, the 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 can was kicked down the road. The the all all the major decisions about taxes, about the Bush era tax cuts for for the middle class, for the. For, for the wealthy, um, not really corporate, but corporate are sort of wrapped into this, um, and 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 incredible amounts of spending cuts were postponed until this day, with the assumption that once we get past the presidential election, we were going to be able to come together um, and make decisions. Obviously, that hasn't happened yet. It may or may not happen in the next couple of days. Some more optimistic among us think that between Christmas and New Year, between between New Year's and 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 now and the end of the year, we're going to uh, see. A, a deal probably not a deal hashed out but at least the, the 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 outlines of a deal that will allow the markets to think that things are going to be fine and 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 sort of you know all all the sort of the i's to be crossed and the uh, t's to be dotted and that's obviously backwards um you know in the first couple of weeks of january and, and we'll have a you know a deal i'm optimistic that it can get done
0: wow so that that's something you don't hear on cnbc during the day i think that it's Pretty much just about doomsday. We are sitting here. It's Thursday, the 28th of December. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Okay, but the Senate doesn't seem to be able to ever do anything in real time. As it were I think it it, it takes what uh, three four days just to yeah but once, be is, able once to is vote a deal. on a bill that's true a... but
1: once is a deal you see this you can, you see this with budget with the federal budget you see with the appropriations bills if there's a deal there's all, and there's all in an agreement that there's a deal and it's greased and it's going to work and the rule going to get passed in such a way that doesn't allow extraneous amendments you know that's all they have to get to
0: so the parameters of a deal is in this case kind of good enough to have a deal yes so this was just a one gigantic Game of Chicken with the American people's future in the balance. Well, it was, it was
1: it was for lack of any other option, they were unable to come to terms with enormous spending cuts or significant tax increases. But the very
0: fact that they created this situation, of course, this situation was created. Let's just explain it for one second, if in case you you are unaware, if it's possible that somebody out there is unaware uh, the, of the fiscal cliff and what that means. It means that taxes will go up for ninety percent. Of Americans not all the same amount but there will be various taxes that will go up additionally there are gonna be something known as the sequester which is a euphemism for enormous spending cuts 500 billion dollars of spending cuts which will be half to defense and half to the rest of the budget but they're across the board they're indiscriminate they're just gonna cut 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 for many agencies and programs so in my mind This is just that game of chicken is that nobody thought this was going to happen. They made a deal because they figured, okay, that'll never happen. So we'll enact these really draconian outcomes on the revenue side and on the expense side. So increasing revenues and then, so nobody will allow that to happen. Nobody allowed, you know, taxes, tax cuts to expire. Nobody's going to allow all these spending cuts to happen. Everybody figured, okay, it's not going to happen, but here we are. And it looks like it might actually happen. At least according to what you say, even if they have a deal legally, it's going to happen come January one. Am I? So it's it's amazing. And and what you're saying is you're talking about people who who really can't get past the idea that they have to govern instead of campaign all the time.
1: Well, absolutely. People think that you know the 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 um. We'll go through all the years' news, but like you know, and, and we've said this in years past, but but. The the notion that it's okay to reach across party lines, it's okay to reach across the aisles, it's okay for everyone to give a little and and to have a compromise in which everybody gets some things that they want, not everything they want, and everyone has to give a little, that it's okay to do that in governing, that you have people from different parts of the country or even just different people in the same parts of the country who have incredibly divergent, entirely contradictory views about what the future of the country should be, that they should be able to work this out. That's an idea that's been sick in Washington and in our politics for a long time. You can make a case that this year is the year that, that, it, that it that it died. That with um, guys like Joe Lieberman and a lot of other moderate senators, moderate Republicans and Democrats in the Senate, in the House, final leaving. They've been gone in the House, but in the Senate, the last of, of, the, of the real across-the-aisle moderates are, are going, um, not by defeat, but by, by, by and large because they just get tired of it. Um,
0: like Tom Coburn. Leaving to head the Heritage Foundation, correct?
1: right? Well, he's he's not. He's I'm not no, Tom
0: Coburn. I'm sorry, Jim DeMintz. Jim DeMintz, I He's <laughs> not who I was thinking of. Um, I was picking the most right wing member possibly of this right. Senate, and that was uh, okay. Jim DeMintz, has who was fun, who has backed all the Tea Party challenges to many. Uh, I, 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 but think you know, in, in the you're Senate, exact, you're exactly you, right. In, in the
1: Senate, you and I would think, at least I would think that, 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 Lindsey Graham is one of the more conservative members of the Senate. But actually, when it comes to reaching out across party lines, when it comes to working with people like, like Hillary Clinton, when she was in the Senate, or, or, or Chuck Schumer, or, or, you know, the, the other sort of Northeast, either Northeast moderate Republicans and Democrats actually he does a pretty good job and uh and 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 you know and that's what passes for partis- bipartisanship in this, in in this country that's what sort of passes for getting along with people who are elected um by in, in in places that have entirely divergent views and 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 that's sort of how we got to this fiscal cliff situation
0: but that happens here that happens on both sides i mean that happens in states like new york as well that we that and new jersey and connecticut and certainly in connecticut Correct. Uh, but it's not just the moderates in a sense that even you had, take Joe Lieberman for example. Even Perfect the, example. Even the Democrats wanted to purge Joe Lieberman from, the, from their party. His
1: sin was reaching out to Republicans. Absolutely. Look, you can have a substantive uh, disagreement about the Iraq War, but the real sin of Joe Lieberman, which he, he, the the real thing that called into the question whether or not he could have become re- could have been reelected, was his willingness in his 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 inclination to try and reach across the aisle and work with people of a different party, and that's that's a sin in both parties. Like, you know, the, we 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 live in a country in which the House and the state legislative districts are drawn in such partisan ways at this point, by and large, that um, that most 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 candidates are are far more at risk. Most elected officials are far more at risk about for losing their office in a party challenge from someone who thinks that they aren't sufficiently liberal or they aren't sufficiently conservative. The, there's a lot you know, more of a chance of that happening than losing in a, in a contested race to someone in the opposite
0: party. So that's the way we act. So that makes a lot of sense in the House, but in the Senate, it's statewide. It shouldn't. It should. You would think. You would think that that. Somebody who has an appeal statewide, take Dick Luger for example, and I, I think it bears out your point. But you, I, what I'm saying is you would think that somebody who can win in the general election, that party would, the intraparty fighting would say, let's back the guy who's the strongest candidate instead of trying to dethrone the guy who's the strongest Well, it takes a
1: special electorate to think that... uh, It takes a sort of sophisticated and intelligent electorate to think that electability in the fall is a key aspect. I've I've spoken at other times, and maybe we'll talk later in in our conversation now about electability in 2013 and what the entrance of a a Republican in the race does, race for mayor, does Mm -hmm. for the Democrats for mayor. But by and large, that's not the way primary voters in states think. They think that, you know, they think that... um, that there's a um they think that their guys are going to win and they think that and they're true believers and 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 Dick Luger is a great example of, of someone who you know you know was was far too moderate and would not have gotten elected today because he's the kind of guy who would reach out across party lines would 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 sort of re, would 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 would, would, ha, would bridge compromises on, on on important issues on nuclear threats on 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 important issues and, and that's sort of not
0: not what people want today People want the red meat. And I, it's also a function, and we've talked about this at several shows, is that people don't necessarily pay attention enough to primaries. The people who vote in the primaries are the most partisan, are the most loyal to the party. Absolutely. And that's, you know, as you alluded to, just that we'll, we'll get to it later about the New York City citywide elections that are generally decided in party primaries. So generally, you have a. Candidate, or not just the citywide. Actually, it's more prevalent in the in the council races. But any election, any primary election, has that risk of having the most partisan people going ahead and voting. And this is actually particularly interesting when you talk about as the decennial reapportionment, which is the as we are getting to right now. This is the new Congress was elected after. New lines were drawn, and these were significantly more partisan in many cases. In fact, kind of borne out by the fact that Republicans got a million less votes for their congressional candidates across the country. It's a little bit of a misleading statistic, but a million is a big number. Mm -hmm. But yet they retain control of the House of Representatives. So Mm -hmm. if you took all the popular vote around the country, if you did in a country like Israel, for example, obviously the Democrats would control... The House, if you're, or if you did in England or any any of those, but here because it's a district, the Republicans remain in control and they actually uh, picked up a couple seats. So uh, that's the uh, so it's you know kind of a strange thing. So it bears out what you're saying, but it's it, it's one it's an idea that is hard going to be hard to fix mm-hmm. over the next ten years or even immediately. There's going to have to be a tremendous swing back. As it, as it were. And it's a question of which politicians and who are they accountable to. Are they accountable to only the people who voted for them? Or are they accountable to the people, the entire electorate?
1: Sure. Now, now, like it's entirely possible that there will be such widespread disgust by, by Washington, and maybe I'm wrong, I mean, we do teeter over this uh, this fiscal cliff, that the House and Senate leadership have to take these concerns more seriously that's entirely possible it's also possible that speaker Boehner could lose his speakership over this and and could be replaced by someone who's far more partisan and far less willing to to reach compromises than than the speaker who's seen as a, as a pretty much as a, as a as a fairly partisan guy
0: it is uh I I have to say it's a little it would be a little bit surprising at this point for Boehner to lose the speakership at you least know. the at least in my mind, perhaps, given the fact that the guy was already chopped off at the knees over the Plan B situation, but yet he's still there. Well, he's lost. So, yeah, but if there's the time, if there's the time to take him out, that probably would have been last week. Perhaps the the conference is okay with him, uh, and okay with the, they just don't want him to actually have any power. we'll,
1: we'll see where <laughs> we are in a month. We'll see. There's, a, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a race for leader. There's a race for speaker of the house. The beginning of the next Congress. The new the the the, uh, the old Congress system. Sitting, and uh, we'll see where things are. Yeah, You're probably right, but it's entirely possible.
0: On the Democrats' side, it was actually surprising, potentially, that they kept Nancy Pelosi as the minority leader. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't it be time, since they were unable to take back the House, despite the fact that the president did very, very well? uh, I, I think some would say surprisingly well. Uh, as far as his margin was concerned, that they were unable, and the the Democrats picked up seats in the U.S. Senate, that they were unable to make any inroads, but yet uh, Pelosi and her team were reelected. Well,
1: I think there are two issues. One is um, the 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 districts, the House districts are drawn by legislatures, and the legislatures are overwhelmingly partisan. in In most cases, you actually have states that have one party rule, and 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 by and large, the districts are drawn. Um,
0: Not here in New York, we have three party rule.
1: And, uh, in 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 New York's a New York's a different place, and 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 actually, um, New York's a different place, and, and 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 But finish your thought there. But 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 uh, congressional districts, by and large, are um, are drawn um, in most places. In New York, when we had to redistrict, there was there was sort of a. a, a uh, a, a general agreement that there would be a loss of a Republican and a, and a Democratic House seat. Um, that's unthinkable in a lot of other states. In a lot of states, it's whoever's in charge is gonna, going to redraw the districts, um, sort of following the lead of Texas over the last 20 years, and, 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 and draw incredibly partisan lines. That's one reason why Nancy Pelosi... Won't lose her. Wouldn't would 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 seem to unlikely to lose her speakership. The other is it's not clear who a credible alternative is, particularly because Rahm Emanuel, who who might be one, is mayor of Chicago and not in the House. Now, actually, under the Constitution of the United States, the not well known fact, it doesn't say in the Constitution that Speaker of the House has to be a member of the House. It says it has to be selected by the members of the House. So theoretically, Rahm Emanuel could come back, still sit as mayor of Chicago, although I don't know the law in Chicago, and also be speaker of the House. That is actually a very unlikely scenario, but it is technically possible under the
0: Constitution. On deferral disclosure, are you at all consulting for Rahm Emanuel? I am not. Okay, just, not. Uh, just check. So this is not... A plausible candidacy that we're talking about. Well,
1: it's look, you know, you could be Speaker of the House. That, it is conceivable. It's
0: very kind of you to uh, to come ahead. It's not likely, but it's conceivable. I, I understand, but of course, he can't be Minority Leader because I would imagine the Minority Leader must be a member.
1: I I don't, I don't know what the uh, I don't think it's written in the Constitution.
0: Okay, but, okay, so those are party rules the, themselves. So, as a communications specialist, what would you what would you advise? Give give me pick a side, okay? You're President, Senate. Majority Leader Harry Reid, Mm -hmm. Speaker Boehner, pick any of the three. Tell me how you would go ahead and explain to the country why you were unable to do it. And do it in a way that's not purely attacking the other side. Obviously, I can't tell you don't attack the other side. But do it in a way that's actually going to explain why this happened.
1: If I were advising the president, which I'm not, but if I were advising the president, I would say, as Americans, there's a time for governing and leadership and there's a time for partisan politics. And we we, we know every four years, we as a nation look at at the future of the country, at, at, at where we've been and at where we're going, and and we sort of decide our future and decide who we're going to select to lead that. And then after that, we govern. And the closer you get to a presidential election— the, the more part the balance between governing and, and, and partisan politics swings towards the partisan politics and the further away you are, it's it should be more more towards governing. At this point we're right now, these these last couple of weeks this last month and a half, we've been as far from the, the further as far from the next presidential election as you can get. You could not get any further and we haven't been able to come together. That's what I would suggest that the president should say. Also, the president—I think the president's—you know—sort of in his back pocket. He knows that the majority of Americans are blaming the the House and the Republicans for the failure, not the uh, not the uh, not the president and the failure of, of, of as you mentioned, Speaker Boehner's Plan B makes that even worse.
0: It, it, indeed, it does, and I, I have to say, as a as a Republican, uh, it is just a little bit shocking that there is no credible plan being put forward there's so much in there and i'm not going ahead and saying okay tax cuts needed to uh, i'm sorry tax raises needed to happen you want to give your gradations i think that you know a million dollars was a decent uh, was a decent start decent overture but the real issues i think that come about that nobody wants to talk about is that on the table was entitlement reform and entitlement reform is really what is the big budget I hate to use the word, but I'm going to use it anyway. The budget holy grail, since we're using cre- cliches out there, sure. entitlement reform is what it's all about. If you right. want to tackle budget issues and fiscal issues in this country, it's got to be about entitlement reform. And the president put it on the table, and somehow it seems, I would agree with you, that the House Republicans took a swing and missed on it.
1: Right. right. Look, like if I would argue that if you, if, if if the if compromise in politics in anywhere in life is about um everyone giving a little something, everyone getting a little, everyone giving a little, then then the true art is in getting your opponent to get you to where you want to be. The President of the United States, it's hard for you. If you're a Democratic president of the United States, it's hard for you to 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 cut the traditional social safety net programs, the New Deal programs, the 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 the, the um Johnson era programs. That's hard. If he can get to the point and he creates an opening in which the House could at least act as if they're forcing their hands and get to where we need to be they get that victory he gets his he gets his victory in terms of 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 taxes um for for wealthy people the president i think is right in saying that we had an election it was significantly not entirely but significantly a a a debate about whether or not we should have higher taxes on the richest people in this country and 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 it, without a doubt, that was clear. What was and what's ambiguous is what does that mean? The richest people in this country, and and a family making two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand dollars in New York City, it's not nearly the same as one making that money in 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 Alabama, um, as, as I think listeners to this program you know, certainly know. Um, that said, like the president was set, you know, you, you know argue quite clearly that the president, the White House, Jack Lew, set things up, Tim Geithner set things up in such a way that the, 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 the House Republicans could sweep in and have victory, and, and they sort of, you know, they, they, they snatched their own defeat from the, from, the, from the jaws of victory that the president opened up.
0: So now, take the Republican side. Yes. Is, the, is there any light for the Republicans, other than, as you mentioned before, to give the red meat to their own most partisan constituents, even Grover Norquist? the anti-tax crusader who has made taxes the issue the defining mm-hmm. issue of many house races and many congressional races blessed some sort of compromise blessed plan b what happened how does that work if you have your own your own conscience of the party going ahead and blessing the deal but people walked away
1: look people you know people most elected elected officials politicians more than most people know how not to act in their own against their own interests, and that's they they felt that that's not what they were sent to Washington to do. A significant number, a critical mass of people in the House felt that they that's that they, they they were not there to have any compromises on tax increases. Period. End of story. Doesn't matter how good it was. True concern, how, how good the how good the the entitlement cuts were, the spending cuts were, the discretionary funding cuts were. Any of that, they felt they were not there to bless any tax increases. And and you know, you if you were to argue the Republican side, you could say that that um, ideological purity has a point. If you're going to be for something, then you should be for it. And that and that parties and people lose their way when they start sort of blurring distinctions and not, not like it's not actually what I believe. But that's the argument you could make.
0: So that I think therein lies the problem: is that people don't necessarily they go to Washington and they're not sure exactly what the purpose is. And in the end, you gotta. People might not like it, but you got to make the sausage. You got to go ahead and pass the budget. You got to cut. You can't keep perpetuating this idea that eventually there's going to be a reckoning, but it's not going to be while I'm here because I can't go ahead and make any tough decisions. Eventually, tough decisions are going to have to happen. Eventually. Eventually. I am not sure when it's going to be. Is there a possibility I would say
1: in the next 4 days.
0: Is there a possibility I was just going to get to that. Is there a possibility that even after we drive off the cliff. There isn't going to be a solution.
1: Look, it's possible you can. It's more likely as we would redefine the program, the problem, and say actually, majority of these these catastrophic. Uh, we figured out a way to uh, to avoid these catastrophic problems by sort of defining them out of existence, not fixing them, just redefining them. I think that's more likely. Uh, if that were to happen, it's also the possibility that that that, that together a a a chunk of Democrats and a chunk of Republicans would come together, perhaps with the blessing of the leadership, perhaps with this sort of um, just, you know, resigned acceptance of the leadership, and 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 and, and pass a plan that that doesn't require the hard, the far left and the far right. You know, this is the sort of this is what this is what what what, what prognosticators who who sort of sit on the east coast of the United States between between. Boston and and, and 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 Alexandria, Virginia, think that you know that, that it's possible to to, to Bi- reach these things.
0: Partisan,
1: it's possible compromise. I mean, it, like
0: it, they had in the Reagan years, the good old Reagan years, in the back in the 1980s, where they go. That I think that was the last time, or actually, it would be Bush won. George H. W. Bush would probably be the last time that Republicans right. Were and acting. the difference
1: between in, in and Reagan, it, didn't,
0: it didn't work out that well for it didn't
1: work out for George Bush, and that's right. why it hasn't ha- doesn't doesn't happen anymore. But like, sure, Tip O'Neill didn't lose seats and had had full loyalty of his 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 his, uh, his, his constituents, and not his constituents in Boston, but his constituents in the House. Um, those were different times. Speakers had more power. Um, there, you know, the the there there was there was more discretionary. There were more discretionary items given out, centralized by the speaker. You could you could force people to vote.
0: It's all about the earmarks. That it, that's
1: it is significantly about the earmarks. It is it, 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 it is so
0: potentially is... the the hyperpartisanship is could be. Chalked up to the lack of earmarks that the leadership can't control their
1: troops. The lack of earmark, if, not, if not the lack of earmarks, and then, the, then different process. There's still, still plenty of earmarks in the in the federal appropriations bill. The process, then they're not as centrally controlled. Look, in in, a, in, a, in an effort to sort of diminish the leverage that one person has, and if in, in, in an effort to reduce bossism in the, in 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 uh, in Congress, what you end up with is you, you have these unintended consequences. Uh, of reform, we see that in New York all the time. We see that, we we see we see it, we see
0: a, a and um, I'm segwaying here, but you have a, the a, unintended consequences of reform. Right, excellent, excellent. That is uh that there is a money line right there.
1: Look, we we, we see this in New York. We see that um don't always
0: don't don't always uh, you don't always want what you're uh, what you're asking for in the end.
1: You know, or 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 the systems that you design um aren't. As impervious to, to pressure as, as you sort of think they are, it's very easy to to define what's wrong with the current existing current system. It's really hard to define to to create something that works perfectly and well. in In New York, in order to reduce the party uh, the, the, the 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 influence of party bosses and 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 actually originally Tammany Hall, we've democratized the uh, um, um, the electoral system in, in such that. Um, getting petition signatures is the most important, is how you get on the ballot. It's not party bosses, it's not deals, it's not ticket balancing, it's collecting signatures and then going in a primary. And inadvertently that increases the the, the, the strength of unions and, and political clubs we are sitting next to one right now. It was run and by and the,
0: party bosses.
1: And party bosses. That, that was one inadvertently. We, we in New York City passed campaign finance limits with the idea, and it's a very strong matching system, with the idea that doing that would reduce the uh, influence of, of special interests, of real estate interests, particularly, that had a, a lot of influence in elections up to the end of the 1980s you could argue it would work the new york times editorial board would argue that it worked you could also argue that by limiting the amount of money that you that a candidate participating in the system can raise from any individual to five thousand dollars ten thousand with their spouse then then it actually increased the amount of influence that real estate and wealthy interests have because they know that if a candidate comes calling all they can ask him for is ten thousand dollars not like the old days when they might ask him for in in inflation adjusted dollars twenty fifty seventy eighty thousand dollars now they're just asking for ten so the easiest way to make it go away is to just give them money it's like it's a cost of doing business in new york and in fact the reforms you could argue have increased the 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 influence of special interests in real estate industry and, and 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 people building and the taxi industry and all the people who have sort of ministerial significant ministerial work before the government you know the reforms the reform didn't work you could argue that the same thing happened um, with, with, with the sort of national outrage about member items and pork.
0: Well, that's always going to be about be careful what you wish for then. So good adage in politics. So we are here at Spin Class with Michael Fragan. We're talking politics with Stu Loser, And we are the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsegel.com, jmantheam.org. And we are going to hopefully take some questions tonight. And you can email your questions to Michael at nachumsegel.com so question for me question for Stu question about the fiscal cliff hopefully something pertaining to the business and the art of politics and spin so I wanted to talk about the political year let's uh, let's talk about the year and obviously the presidential the presidential election dominates the political year but there are a lot of other races that go along with it. Mm-hmm. I think clearly, if we look at the year, Barack Obama being the dominant political figure and certainly the biggest winner, but there are others. So, but let's, uh, from your perspective, Obama, what made it happen, and what did he do, or what didn't he do, to in order to assure himself re-election in a pretty tough environment? I'd say for an incumbent,
1: you could argue that and the idea is that the idea has been that you know, all through the year for the last couple of years, you hear we heard that nobody ever gets re-elected. Um, with with unemployment over eight percent, over nine percent, nine percent trending down to eight percent, with 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 people fundamentally not thinking they were better off than they were four years ago. That's the sort of central Ronald Reagan question: Are you? What he asked in nineteen eighty four: Things aren't necessarily everything's great, but are you better off than you were four years ago? With a lot of people not thinking that, um, it was impossible for for Barack Obama to get reelected. You know, obviously he was. So so what does that mean? One one of the big lessons is the obama campaign had phenomenal voter identification program they knew who their voters were they micro targeting micro super yeah micro targeting micro micro
0: micro targeting. you could
1: argue that or just knowing in every and just having three thousand employees having people in every key swing district in every swing state having people out there for months and months years on end actually Finding their voters, identifying their voters, convincing their voters to come out, not necessarily to vote for Barack Obama because these people were going to vote for Barack Obama or not vote. They weren't going to vote for who they weren't going to vote for New kingrich or so it's or, all about turnout. It was all about turnout. It, 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 that that you could argue that that is the great lesson that that it's actually not about convincing voters. It's about finding your voters, um, making sure you ha- know how to reach them and making sure they vote.
0: So these are a lot of casual voters, I imagine. Casual voters being people who probably vote once out of every four years, maybe twice, but not right. people who necessarily vote every year.
1: Right, and and those are the people who 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 might be less energized. At least the argument would be to come out and vote. They the Obama that's what campaign, happened
0: in 2010, correct? I mean, where Republicans made a rebound.
1: That that look, that's the idea, um, and and it, without a doubt, the Obama campaign did a better job than anyone has ever done. Mm-hmm. Better than than my boss, Mike Bloomberg, who, who's done, who up to this point you could argue has done um, about as job a good a job as anyone has ever done in in uh, targeting voters and identifying and targeting voters. He he really they really did a phenomenal job at finding people. It became a a week or two out it became a mathematical impossibility. Six states would have to fail and 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 Mitt Romney would have to win them all in order for there to be a chance. He would have to win Florida and Ohio. And New Mexico and Colorado, all of which were out of his reach. He could have maybe picked up one or two, but he could not have maybe
0: one or two. But he couldn't have picked up all six. It became a mathematical impossibility. But everything I read points to the fact that Romney internally thought he was going to win. Is it that they were just astoundingly miscalculating, or they just didn't? They hadn't done their voter IDs. They they didn't know. Uh, I think that there were also obviously surprises on. Republicans in certain Senate races that they ended up losing? Republicans lost a Senate seat in North Dakota. Right,
1: North Dakota. Yeah, you know, North. Well, Dakota. there, are, there are also, there are also a lot of not surprised, a lot of Senate seats that were were were, were long gone. Like candidates who 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 said incredibly offensive things to women. Yeah, yes, yes, And 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 the Democrats did a pretty good job at hanging that around the heads of all the Republican candidates, including Mitt Romney. You could argue that, but like, I, well, where I did Mitt Romney go wrong?
0: Let's let's. I think
1: they. If you believe what the 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 the. the
0: was uh, it from the primary, or did he run? A, was he so wounded from the primary that he couldn't recover? Or I'll just make the question, you know, sharpen the question. Was he so wounded from the primary that he couldn't recover, or did he run a poor campaign in the general? Well, I, I, or he was it
1: both? It was both. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't do an extraordinarily good job. The 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 that's certainly true. He had some really rough breaks, the the 47% video which which no one would have expected to uh to, to surface because, you know, generally they think these things are, are 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 private moments. Um and 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 while trackers and and video cameras have been common in politics at least since since two I mean certainly since 1996 certainly wide but widespread since 2000, nobody really expects them in their fundraisers. Um that was that was a really tough break. Although even that, I mean that that was that was a really tough break and a really crucial break. But like fundamentally, they didn't understand. If you if you read the Boston Globe, ex post facto piece or analysis that just came out this week, um, fundamentally they never understood what the Obama field operation was doing, what the Democrats were doing, why they had so many people in so many places, what they were doing, um, and it was one on one personal contact, and 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 the, and the Romney campaign couldn't remotely compete with that. The Democrats knew their who everyone knew their voters were, who the voters were. I had absolutely identified and found and 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 convinced them to come and vote and then found out
0: if they had. The Republicans it was not nearly one to one. But the Republicans had so much money. Where did it all go? All the money being spent by the Republicans and by the super PACs and by the 501c4s. All this money was coming in. It was that was what was going to save Mitt Romney. Right, it was.
1: A does great, it does
0: money buy a lot in politics? It, you know, generally
1: it does. Now, there's a question here of uh, like, you know, look, there's a couple of questions. Politics is based on um, the industry that people do on campaigns is based significantly. One could argue, actually, entirely on polling, and 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 you know, it's a poll driven industry. That it's always been the case. It's never been more more the case. And I often ask candidates. I ask. I often ask Mike Bloomberg, like, who exactly are these people taking polls? I mean, if you're if if, if you're at home and 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 uh, and uh, you get a call, presuming you have a home phone, um, and it's not a relative of yours on the caller ID because you do have everyone has caller ID, and and it's some call center in in in, in Norman, Oklahoma. Who are the people who would take that? Are they normal people? Are they people with setting aside sort of Questions about You I
0: want to speak to somebody. People are lonely. Sometimes. Some people
1: are lonely, but yeah. do those reflect general uh, voters? If you,
0: you know, if
1: if if, you're, if they're calling during what used to be dinner time, now maybe you're feeding your kids, you're this, you're that, and a call comes in from a call. Wait, what
0: used to be dinner time? I'm not sure what what is what is that. Well, mean? you know, you don't like, eat dinner anymore. I I know it's been many years. As at the I, when
1: I was a kid, when I was when I, when I was the age of my kids, my my father came home from work at a certain time. Ah, and we had bad. he came home at. Six twenty, and we had dinner at six thirty, and then we took a then we took a bath, and then we went to bed. My kids still have that kind of regimented life. They take they eat dinner at the same time every night, but I'm not necessarily home every night, and nor is my wife Jessica. One or the other of us is home, but we're not both home. And 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 frankly, eating dinner is eating dinner as a family is is something we do in shops, but not press secretary
0: way. is not a nine to five job. It,
1: it is not. Now it's not just that. It's just it's
0: it's it's okay. That, that's minutes. by the way uh, for the audience. That is one important lesson okay press secretary not a nine-to-five job you know what
1: but other people they have the the, you have calls you have email you have work it's the expectations are different who getting back to our point who are these people who are taking polls focus groups you can almost understand it's sort of interesting a lot of people get paid for that you get paid for it but who stays on the phone for a half hour with a pollster something is something is off of that's number one point number two is you asked where the money went for the money went for ads who watches ads who watches? Who watches live broadcast TV? People and, who
0: don't have DVRs, right? Don't have Tivo.
1: Don't have DVR. Don't have Tivos, and are watching. CK, am I
0: getting that right? Who's uh, people who are watching TV
1: and are watching? By the way,
0: broadcast. Not TV, people in Marine Park either. Um, you know, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> people in Marine Park. People in Marine Park watch. What well, have the have have uh, DVRs? They you know like who 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 sits through. Uh, anything and sits through the sits, sits through ads. So the money goes to ads, but what are the ads, what are the ads producing? So if, if it's a, if, if the money, if, if the campaigns are run by ads, by, by, uh, based on polls and it's not really clear who these people are who have a half hour to take out and talk to a pollster and it's about ads, it's not really entirely clear who's actually watching television with ads and those who are watching television that has ads, who's actually paying attention to the ads, watching the ads and not fast forwarding over the ads, then, then where did the money go? It went into consultants' pockets, but, like, no wonder it doesn't have an effect. You, 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 your data is terrible, and, and, and you're using it to produce something that nobody's listening to.
0: Excellent analysis. Let's let's move on to another politician out there, Kirsten Gillenbrand, our junior senator here. Okay? Is she the most talented politician ever in the history of the state of New York, or is she just the luckiest politician ever in the history of the state of New York? What do you mean by that? Well, she did have the largest margin of victory of any statewide elected, even surpassing the indomitable Charles Schumer. So she comes into office. She's an obscure upstate congresswoman. She wins two statewide elections inside of two years Mm -hmm. by very comfortable margins. Never draws any... Type of significant opposition. That's true. Somehow the Republicans decline to anoint their superstar, Bob Turner, inexplicably. Although not inexplicable if you have an idea of the backroom nature of New York State politics, but inexplicably, they don't not anoint their strongest candidate, and she waltzes yet again to reelection with a massive war chest. It's it's great luck. I, I'm impressed.
1: She, she, she look. She's an impressive senator. She's an impressive legislator. She has a, a serious record, and you can't run. and You can't 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 add up these kind of. You can't get get these kind of victories if you don't have something to say. So
0: certainly a winner of 2012. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So well, look. I think it's important to just emphasize the the broad base and margin of her victory. But uh, let's let's take another one for example. Sheldon Adelson. We talk about money. We talk about mess. We talk about pouring money into races. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Adelson, does he have anything to show for it? Well, he, Aside he, from the fact that he's still very wealthy,
1: he thinks well, two two points. One is, I would think, he thinks that he influenced the dialogue. He he, he shaped the debate, and that that was important. Um, there are, and I I know this from personal knowledge. There are there are really there are, are wealthy people who are willing to put money into elections for causes they believe, but only if they have a chance of winning. And and aren't actually interested in symbolic victories. There are others, perhaps Mr. Edelson is one, who who is interested in shaping the debate and 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 in laying the groundwork for four years from now. That's point one. Point two is, you know, among the super super wealthy in this country, you know, a hundred million dollars is different to them, uh, is different from their perspective than it is from us. You can you can sort of do the analysis if somebody's worth billions and billions of dollars, you can get to the point where, where a hundred and something million dollars, $200 million is to like normal people, $200 or even $2,000. Now, most people don't, you have to be pretty rich in order to think that $2,000 isn't anything. But if you really believed in something, if you really believe, if you saw this as a charitable cause, most of us most of us, sort of middle class, upper middle class. There is people. charitable
0: causes themselves.
1: Well, if if you believe that focusing the debate is is, is in a in a way a charitable cause, then 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 two thousand dollars isn't an incredible amount to give the charity. To a lot of us, give a lot, give 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 that amount of money to multiple charities. If you think that that that's that's important, and to you, two hundred million dollars is like to the rest of us two thousand um, dollars. Look, you
0: know, money well spent. Okay. Precisely. I guess uh, you, in that case, you can have a zero four, uh, for the for the cycle. I think the, the only the only race he actually won was the one in Nevada where he didn't put any money into it.
1: That's right. Well, of, you know, you know, he would argue. You know, he could argue that um
0: he for, he forced people to be on the defensive. He forced people to be he on made the himself relevant.
1: He he made he could
0: he could argue that the
1: issues that he cares deeply about Israel um um that that none of the candidates were um um. You know, we're deviating far from 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 sort of. Um,
0: well, the pro- Republicans Israel. were falling all over themselves. I, I think Israel was mentioned more in Republican debates than uh, possibly the U.S. was.
1: Okay, and 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 you know, and, and you didn't see. So it was fo- there was certainly focus. You didn't see an extraordinary amount of daylight between the Netanyahu administration and the Obama administration either. You could argue that that was an important point to be made. And by the way, you could argue that that's a good way to spend your money if you if you if you believe that. I could, you know, I, I think think was from my my perspective, I think it was a good way for him to spend his money. I, I myself wouldn't spend that. I don't have that money to spend. But like, you know, um, um, a guy who spends a couple hundred million dollars to 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 strengthen the importance of Israel in the uh, in, in the net in the American in the American politics? I,
0: I think there are worse ways to spend your money. Well that's definitely setting the bar pretty low, so we'll at least politically for that matter. But as a good segue there, Bibi Netanyahu. Yes. Okay. Two thousand twelve he starts with the idea that perhaps he's gonna get a change to the White House. Now you wanna say he did bet. Uh he did well, in Israel they say. Mm-hmm Having been there, that everybody there feels that he was actively supporting Mitt Romney. So we'll just go what they think over there, Mm -hmm. as opposed to because officially, obviously, that didn't happen.
1: I think most Jews think that as well. Yes.
0: Okay, so we'll we'll go with that. Now he ends up a political loser from that perspective, but yet it certainly looks like he's going to be reelected pretty handily. Uh, Winner or loser? He's he's
1: he's in great shape. Now, I, I I or I work in politics for for a living um, and I am always pretty careful to not not to to um, to 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 talk too much about Israeli politics because at the end of the day, I know um, my 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 full understanding of Israeli politics are is, is sort of on pace with average Americans. Most people's understanding of American politics. I I. I know enough to know that most people. do it gets more, It gets more complicated just
0: about every day. It so. gets
1: far more complicated every day. Like I, I, um, I, um, I come from. I come at this from a, a little bit of a different perspective. Unlike virtually every American and virtually every Israeli, because I worked for Mike Bloomberg, because I traveled to Israel with him, I actually got to meet both, both in the last, in in, in the last cycle, both Tzipi Livni and and Bibi Netanyahu. I walked away. Actually, every time I've, I've I've met I've met with the prime minister, been in the room with the prime minister, I've been phenomenally impressed. Um, I also recognize that if, if Jessica and I had made aliyah, um, we would be we would be uh, we would have split our votes. She would have voted for Zeev Livni, I would have voted for Bibi Netanyahu, um, and and our votes would have canceled out. We would have been the Israeli equivalent of the Iowa farm couple that drives twenty miles to <laughs> town just so they can vote against each other and cancel each other out because voting matters in this country, and that's a, that's a great American tradition. Um, Look, without, without a doubt, the, the, um, the, the prime minister is in, in, in phenomenally good shape with all the horrible things that have happened to Israel in, the, in, in, in sort of international politics and the global political scene, without a doubt, all of which, many of which are extraordinarily difficult to, to, to get your head around and very difficult to figure a way around. Um, the prime minister is obviously at least here in, in fantastic shape. So, so far, if you're keeping track, everyone's a winner.
0: Everyone is a winner. Sheldon so. Adelson's a winner. I, Kirsten
1: Gillibrand's a winner. Even the Thing Out it, It's
0: wonderful about you you finding the good in just about I everybody. Let's, uh, so I'm going to have to find a loser out there. But, but well, I want to go for one other guy who, mm-hmm. who started the year off at shaky, if you will, and has ended very, very well. And he's also taken away one of what I thought was going to be one of the marquee matchups of, of this kind of the year, Chris Christie. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, he's remarkable, had, right? He's, he, he actually has had a great year. Um, Chris Christie has had a fantastic year. He's not gonna. He's, well, he, it, 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 it ended
0: he's, pretty well, but I have to say, a lot of Republicans were kind of unhappy with him when, uh, you know, after the general quite a few yes and a, whether he would be reelected in new jersey might have been you know as... i don't think I
1: I, I I i didn't have a lot of doubt i think there's no doubt now whoever not, the, uh, yeah. whoever the republicans put uh, whoever the democrats put up it's, it's going to be it's going to be someone who's doing it to boost their profile it's going to be somebody who, who's doing it because it's their turn and they want to run um and they always wanted to run it's not going to be someone who's likely to become the 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 uh to to to, to occupy whatever the new jersey governor duck duck Trucking, truck, whatever the drum New Jersey, Drumthwacket, dr- Radio, drum sack thats where the governor of New Jersey lives. It's a house, a mansion outside of, of Trenton, Princeton, outside yes. of Princeton, right? Um, That—that's that, not good. And look, and 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 uh, you know, the, the nothing succeeds like success. He's in. He's going to get elected with an incredible base, and uh, and and that's pretty strong. And look, with, without a doubt, he was not going to be the conservative candidate for in the Republican Party. Republican primary in, in four years without it, he it was never going to happen. He was he was coming from the wrong place, and that's not his view. So so his 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 heresy. He probably um, could
0: have run a better race than Mitt Romney did, though. Maybe he may have. Maybe okay, we'll see. Okay,
1: we'll see if he we'll see if he has the chops nationwide.
0: Well, we'll have to segue. I got to find a loser for you. So and you know, I mean this in the political sense of the word. John Sampson. <laughs> 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 Uh, Senator, we're, Senator, gonna, we're 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 going to go to the New York State Senate. He, uh, he, he, actually, Stu is going to attempt to explain to us what actually goes on up there in the New York State Senate, uh, or what is going on with, as we mentioned before, three party rule.
1: Three party rule. You have you have the uh, you have the Republicans, the Democrats, and then you have the independent Democrats who are who who are, if you listen don't know, are are caucusing with the Republicans and, and have reached a power sharing agreement in which um, every couple of weeks the leadership changes in the state senate i think a lot of people are very excited to see how this works out i wouldn't say beautiful art of compromise i would say i would say look we're able to do it in new york in a way that they aren't able to do it in washington um in part because people are acting in their own self-interests in in part they're they're able to say they're able to vote in a way that gives them something for them in the party and and, and senator sampson and his coalition which which is out of power is 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 upset now you know in in washington that hasn't happened because people haven't been able to combine their interests in their interests in the general good. In 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 Albany, I mean, we're all hopeful that this is going to work. That they, they have. Um, it is it is hard to argue that Senator Sampson has had a banner year. It is uh, it, it it is hard. Although although you can try. No, it's it's it, it's it's been a rough it's been a rough time. Look,
0: I, I think when you when you win a numerical majority as it were, mm-hmm. although it's not uh, technically, I guess it's uh, members of your party, and then are unable to actually cobble that majority together to lead, it's got to be a defeat. Look,
1: as a former Gore campaign staffer, I have a lot of sympathy ah. for this situation.
0: Yes. Okay, yes, The speaking of numerical majorities. Yes. So that brings us back to, brings us home to New York State, if you will. I, I would have to assume that you would put Jeff Klein in the winner's circle. Absolutely. Okay, but Dean Skelos? Look, he's, he's had a lot of money to play with and uh, couldn't pull out all, any of the tough races.
1: At the end of the day, he's he's still he's still at the table and he's still um, directing legislation and he's still doing what he likes. Um, you know, more power to him.
0: More power to him. Excellent. Scott Stringer. Okay.
1: What about Scott? Scott.
0: And, and I'm going to throw him out there as a, as, I'll tell you why. Because obvi- I think he's an obvious winner from a certain mm-hmm. perspective. Because it looks like he might have a cakewalk to being city controller. Right
1: now, right now, it does not. Right now, it's it's not
0: clear who, if anyone, is going to challenge him. Right, unless the incumbent decides that he is going to stay. There's that. And okay. There's rumors there's, there's the room,
1: of up, yes.
0: But controller's is stepped down from what he wanted.
1: You know, um, Scott's argument. I think it's a good argument. Is the borough president's argument is, and it's a good one. Is that the um, this is going to be the most important time? It's going to be the most important. Time, one of the most important times in the city's history, certainly since the '70s, but a, a time in which the controller actually matters. The city's pension costs are explo- increasing explosively, and that's not—that's just because of the structure of the fund. The retiree health care benefits go up astronomically, and there's nothing you can, virtually nothing you can do about that. It's actually in in most in, in almost every case illegal under the, It's like the
0: entitlement reform in Washington. Well,
1: except except in in Albany in in our in our, in our state and constitution, you actually can't take away a benefit that's been promised to somebody in in a pension system. It's 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 actually unconstitutional. It's extraordinarily difficult. I could argue that you know that only Nixon could go to China, and only Scott Stringer, a good progressive liberal Democrat, is going to be able to so reach a compromise. What you're weather. saying
0: is Tom DiNapoli is not the right guy to do that on the state level.
1: I'm arguing because that because
0: only Scott Stringer can do it.
1: No, I'm arguing that in New York City only only a guy like Scott Stringer, who is a who is, is is both a a a is both a good friend of organized labor and progressive and but but a reformer and 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 did have a reform agenda when he was in the assembly. He could do this, and 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 that's actually going to that could actually cement his legacy as as one of the great political leaders of our generation in New York City. And you know, by the way, not the worst thing. Eight years from now. Well, we are spinning
0: it right here, folks. There's no question. This is spin class with Michael Fragan. We have a couple more minutes left, and we are going to get into the marquee matchup of 2013. Which is what? Well, I think we can comfortably say the marquee matchup is going to be the New York City mayoral race, at least for our listeners right here. Not to be too parochial about it, but uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big prize. It is. And will. It's the best job in American politics. Best job in American politics. It is the be, best job. You could argue okay. that
1: it's better than being president of the United States because you get to you get to you get to do well, things. When you, you to, say you can argue,
0: are you saying are you actually going to argue that, or it's just the it's purely hypothetical?
1: I would argue that being the press secretary of the mayor is better than being the press secretary of the president of the United States because you can actually okay. influence things. You get to work in politics at its highest level, and you get to live in New York, which you don't get to do when you're the president. You work for the president of the United States. So I would argue that uh, you know being having the podium job at the White House isn't so bad, but uh, being the press secretary to the mayor of the city of new york is 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 arguably better but you didn't anyway. get to
0: hold your own briefings
1: i didn't that's because the mayor gets to do that which makes you which means instead of but the press of,
0: secretary of the white house gets to hold their own briefings
1: That's because the president doesn't yes
0: okay well explain Far that. more explain that discrepancy for me right here
1: uh, what, do you, what do you mean the the, um, the mayor of the city of new york does um, more live more q a's in in a month than the president does in a year. Matter of fact, there are weeks in which we do it more in a week than the president does in a year. It is an extraordinary legacy of Ed Koch, who was as, as the reporters at city hall used to say, unavoidable for comment. Um, everyone else is unavailable for comment. Ed Koch was unavoidable for comment that that's what the job, of the city of New York is. That means you, you, the, the the mayor of the city of New York always has a strong bully pulpit, um, Part of the reason why he's able to shape things is because he's he or she is out there, himself herself, um, saying things, directing things, uh, minimizing challenges, elevating issues that they think are important. It's phenomenally useful and powerful in a way that 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 uh, the press secretary, if it's press secretary, versus sparring with reporters, eh, you know, it becomes a she said she said. If it's uh, if it's the mayor. Um, sort of speaking and it's to a reporters, real story, then as them. she said, then, then then it's not as she said. She said it's it's actually something that's that, that that that's interesting and that that can shape a national debate.
0: So Republicans have won, or Republicans or former Republicans or Republicans people running on the Republican who, line, okay, the, the candidates on the Republican line, fair enough, have won the last five. That's right, twenty years, a lifetime, five. Yes, New York State. Who would have thunk it? Going back. Last, Many, time, yeah. last time, last time, last so, time, De- will that happen again? Is it possible? It is
1: entirely possible.
0: Entirely possible. It's
1: entirely possible that a okay. Republican candidate. A
0: Let's p- handicap for a second. So give me, give me, give me the rundown. What does it look like on the Democratic side? What does it look like on the Republican side? You know, we, we talked. I'm that, not asking
1: who's going to win. I know. Well, this, you, we, you talked before about the Republican primary process, whether it went on too long, what the influence of Sheldon Adelson was, whether your question was. Um, was was um, whether Mitt Romney was so damaged by the positions he had to take in the Republican primary that it became very difficult, not impossible, but it became very difficult for him to appeal to a a a broader base. You could argue that the exact same thing happens in New York, but only for the Democrats. That 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 the the process of getting the nomination, that collecting the signatures, which we talked about before, means you have to go around, sort of hat in hand, to various interest groups, to the teachers union, to to, um to to sort of political fiefdoms around the city and you have to say things that make you unelectable in the in in the fall that a credible center left center right candidate um, could could win now, you could argue that, you know, people would argue that that uh, it only takes something extraordinary. It only takes a 9-11 or, or crime out of control, um, the, the two sort of primary reasons why. I was arguing with a a, a, a now national reporter, a, a widely respected national reporter this morning, not arguing, having a discussion, but 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 who, who used to cover New York City politics. She was arguing that there's, God willing, not going to be another 9-11, and that that, that makes it difficult for a Republican to win, not impossible. I argue that you know people forget about how dysfunctional the Democratic primary was and what a what a shambles the Democratic race was at the end of the election in 2001. Mike Bloomberg won, but in a significant part Mike my, my candidate in that race, Mark Green lost because of democratic infighting. It's not impossible to see something like that happen
0: again. Improbable, but it's possible it is a it is a steep is a steep, a yield, steep yield, uh, climb. okay so a, a, a at metaphor but on the Republican side. You could also see a bruising primary.
1: You could now, you know, with, 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 there's, there's, um, it matters whether or not they're going to be. Let's
0: just let's just throw it out there: Joe Loda, Adolfo Carrión, and and Tom Allen, and the guy from the Doe Fund, I apologize. George McDonald. There we go. See, I knew it was good to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> and on the and on the Democratic side, we have Speaker Christine Quinn, Controller John Liu, Bill De Blasio, the Public Advocate. Who am I missing? Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson, exactly. The perennial right. Bill Thompson, former controller. Yes. Okay. so But there could be a primary on both sides.
1: There could be a primary on both sides. Now, the different the Democrats are all Democrats. People running on the Democrats are all Democrats. They get to run no matter what. The people on the Republican line are not all Democrats, and it's possible that some of the people who are registered Democrats could get enough support from county bosses to edge out and not let outsiders in the primary. That's, that's very real, which makes it smaller. Um, but you could see, you could see it. You could definitely see a um, a, a a bloody party, a, a bloody primary on both sides. Although, frankly, I think it's more likely that you would see a Democratic, certainly the history of the New York. None State of those Democratic
0: Democrats party. are going to step aside from one another.
1: Right, and, the, it, and and some of it is shaping up to be a real question about the uh, ideological question about the future of the New York State Democratic Party, New York City's Democratic Party, and that and that could be messy.
0: That certainly could be messy. There's there is. I I think that we are going into a very exciting year. It'd be great. A very exciting race. Are you affiliated with anybody right I'm not now? not working for anyone. Not working for anyone. You hear that? Stu loser is a free agent right now, uh, as far as that's... Uh, so the next move will certainly be to... Uh, are we out of politics for now is that you the know, idea? We're, we're almost out of town are you in retirement
1: i'm not i'm not a, i'm not in retirement but i i, I i'm not sure that i'm going to take up a, a republican a, a republican or a democratic okay. uh candidate for mayor
0: okay well nothing slipped right there well Stu, this has been a very enjoyable hour and i apologize that uh we di- were unable to get to the email questions because uh there was a lot of ground to cover we hope that we will have you back uh, in the very, very very near future great location. Uh, it's certainly a great location this is Spin Class Politics with Michael Fragan, a recap rundown 2012-2013 on the Siegel Network stay tuned for The Book of Life with Charlie Harari the Thursday Night Extravaganza